A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Season's greetings everybody, this is the mid-Christmas podcast. The turkey's done, the ham is gone, Christmas day is over and we're here lying low until New Year's Eve. Hope you're all safe and sound wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it at home or abroad. This is the Tommy and Hector Show with Larita Blewett, Boinigi Tanavos. Let's talk about hashish. Oh, didn't know what you were going to say. Yeah, I just, I have a, it's never been... I used to take drugs, you know, and I used to, but my, the drugs that I took were drugs that said, go on, go over there and say hello to that one. You know, there weren't drugs that made me retreat into the cave of my own skull. Right. right? And I've, I've always been curious about hashish. I've never smoked it really. It never, um, I remember coming to the, about the age of 17 in Navan and there was, we used to call it chonk. Chonk. Chonkin'. And Any chunk, have you? <laughs> chunk. Chunk. And I, but it never ever, and I know there's a huge culture of it now. I know there's a huge movement now to get um, marijuana legalised and people who smoke a good bit of it would say, oh, it's fine, you know, it's just like coffee, you know. Um, but I've never, I've, I've never understood the drug. You know, Do you have and, any experience at all from it? Like, and once or twice you'd smoke a a, a puff of a, a pot. Yeah, but it didn't take you anywhere. Never, it it never. I never said, "Jez, I must go back for more." It was always it made me too insular, and it my eyes instead of looking out would turn around and be looking back into my head, <laughs> and I didn't like the view. <laughs> um, so I just wonder, do you have? I, I saw your one of your things from Africa, and you met some kind of big fucking. What did Rad Raja fucking ganja head? Do you remember him? Was it in Nepal or somewhere? No, it was, was in it Africa. Africa. Chewing the chat. He, uh, no, it was, it, oh no, no, yeah, no, he, yeah. He was, it was a rapper, was he? No, do you remember? He, he was all about the fucking. Oh, ganj. The, the Rastafari the in Rast- Ethiopia. Yeah, in Ethiopia. Yeah. But you're, look, at, I think Irish people have a love hate relationship with with hashish. I mean, how many people have been at a party in Ireland and and they go into the kitchen and there's plenty of drink and it's two o'clock in the morning. Somebody's rolling a joint and it nails them. They they smoke it next minute. Two an hour later, they're out in the garden puking. It's helicopters. They've had a whitey. I mean, the problem here in this country, I think, is we drink way too much alcohol and then mix in the ganja and the hashish. Hashish in other countries 
is just celebrated. We, I mean, we go to Amsterdam and we drink the pubs right and then we smoke ganja. I mean, you're supposed to smoke ganja and smoke hashish on its own and then drink tea and sit down and have a chat. I mean, Irish people have 20 pints of Guinness and then have a spliff and then they'll be nailed into the seat. Yeah. It's, it's just... But hashish... Jesus, man. Like, like, would it be... Uh, could you have a joint every morning? And be Absol- I, know, I know many, many people in professional jobs, very, very good jobs, who love a smoke in the evening. They love it nothing better than sitting down, bit of Netflix. And what does it do to you? It chills everyone. Chill the fuck out. out. Everyone is relaxed. Okay. And then you get the munchies. For me, sometimes with ganja or hashish over the years, as I get older, you probably go, did I fucking pay the mortgage? Is the fucking mortgage paid? You start, it start, you start. Is your mortgage not on a direct debit? <laughs> you have to remember paranoia paranoia can come in and do you have a cash mortgage <laughs> no <laughs> but you know what I mean like you could be there in from, from Paddy the, the, the AIB is beside the Paddy Power <laughs> <in Paragola. laughs> it's like you want to be in the right frame of mind you don't want to be smoking a joint and then go in trying to be normal go into a supermarket now could be good fun I think there's an awful lot of people smoking more more people smoking now than ever before marijuana and ganja has taken over from hashish 150% taken over so hash is the hash is the block hash is the block it's the soap bar it's the squidgy it's, yes. the, it's the black it's the I remember years ago. So yeah, go on though. What so that is? So 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 hash comes. Hash is made is the is the condensed juice that's made into the briquette, the log. Yeah. But is that Kitama, what you used to this, smoke? Yeah, you, that's what used to be very popular in Ireland. Ennis was always known as five spot. The five spot. You could always get hash in Ennis when there was no hash anywhere in Ireland. Kitama in Morocco, the Lebanese the, Kitama would be a very famous place for growing. Uh, for making hash, uh, Lebanese gold, Ketama, Nepalese black. But that's few and far between now because marijuana has exploded. So the weed. Weed. And there are many, many growers of weed in Ireland, really good quality growers, and people who are getting no more than... But they're all growers on the sly. <clears throat> yeah, no more than... Ra- in, in fucking their little hen houses and... Places their, like that. The best bedroom. one ever was about four years ago on the nine o'clock news. A massive cannabis. Uh, we go live now to outside Gort where <laughs> some reporter was standing outside this house. Yes, reports here of the incident where six people were detained last night and over 650,000 cannabis plants were taken from a, and it's just a nondescript bungalow in the middle yeah, of nowhere. It's always like that. Where they it? go up into the attic and there's like fucking 75,000 plants and lights and hydroponics. But the interesting thing is, in the middle of winter, when you're growing all the ganja mm. up in there, what happens? You've no snow on your roof. Exactly. DSI blew it. But it could be just living in an old house Do you notice that, Tommy? Well. Oh, because the, the, there's heat. There's heat. So it could be icy cold outside. Oh, yeah. And next minute, you know, this house has no snow, no frost. And bla- black bags in the window aren't a great sign either, I'd say. <laughs> no. They they'd throw you off, and and the thing is as well, the ESB goes through. But they the roof. they normally spli- splice that off somewhere else, though, don't they? they to the make sure. And could you have a good ride on weed? Would you be not too laid back? Oh, listen, man, get a bit of Neil Young going, a bit, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Jimi Hendrix, down, 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 drift away, drift away. So and would no, it not no, interfere with your? Is there no hard Mickey in? in yeah, in hash. 
It wouldn't interfere with the I Mickey situation. I remember when I used to live in Spain, the Basque country, the Basques are such big smokers. They absolutely love it. The Spanish love rolling joints. They roll it in the hand. So they'd have the, they'd get the tobacco in the left hand and the hash. They'd burn it there and, they would, and they'd have the skating on the other side. In, done, boom. But you can walk down the street in Spain and smoke a joint. Now, tell me this. Have you smelt more ganja in Ireland than ever before? Oh, yeah, sure. Ever. You, you can't walk down the street anywhere now without smelling. And Mayo is a great, a great county for ganja. And there's some great go- growers. <laughs> a friend, great growers. A friend of mine mm. told me they, did, they went out and did the grocery shop and spent 150 euro and they, they smoked a lot of hash and they ate, they ate the whole shop. Hey, what else do we need? Oh, yeah, get some croquettes. <laughs> they ate we the whole croquettes? Lot. Yeah, were, get some wedges. Oh, get two packets of wedges. They were disgusted after spending the week's wedges on the, on the shopping. But it's, it, there's great growing in Mayo, but it's all done illegally now there, uh, a fellow I know has started growing the hemp you know so yes. that you get you can actually get a licence now from the Department of Health to start growing it and what do you they make, they make little school bags and jackets no you know for the oil like the oh, cannabis yeah. oil oh, the, he's got, yeah, TB, well, you, t- they take out the obviously you're growing the THC is so this, the male plant is they, when, su- they suck the crack out of it so that, that's basically what hemp yeah. is yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. the male, like you, you don't want the male. You want the female. You want the female. Yes, plant, but the, the male plant is okay to grow, is it? Yeah, but because the, the there's female, no there's no buzz the, in that. The female is the one, but the but the so CBD. The women. So there's the THC that gets you stoned and gets you high, and then the other side of it is the CBD extract, which mm. is the good for arthritis and uh, eczema, and that's exploded and now. Fits and stuff. And like. and you have companies in Galway who are now p- p- spending thirty and forty million on research. Uh, Chanel um, Pharmaceuticals in uh, Loch Ray have spent 40 million on their brand new CBD and now some of the jockeys in England are wearing it on their britches advertising it and they're taking it American footballers have started their own football union in America for, for guys who smoke granja who play to the highest level and who use CBD instead of an antibiotics and over the counter steroids for, for injuries Tell us about when you were in America and you went to the did you go to the weed factory Home or something? Building. So I knew that in 37 states in America, now it's legalized. So when you mm-hmm. walk along in Colorado or in California or in New Mexico, you can walk along the street and you'll see instead of a red a red uh, uh, cross for a pharmacy, you'll see a green cross on a nondescript building. Could be like just a shop front and you'll know it's a dispensary where you can go in and buy ganja. You can buy vaping pens. You can buy ro- pre-rolled uh, joints. You can buy it in bulk and then you can buy bath oils for CBD you can buy creams for eczema you can you, any ailment you have and in behind the counter are these budologists who know everything about every type of ganja and they can say what do you want to feel today do you want a joint that'll make you go sit upstairs or do you want to go down to the basement how far do you want to go here what do you Fuck want me. do you want do you want something to make what you a picture what's in what, the basement yeah, what's <laughs> the basement there? would be the ones where you just go would there be a Netflix for about nine hours and you don't move? And what happens if you go up to the bedroom? You start getting giddy and horny and oh. laughing. And uh, do you want giggles? Do you want laughter? Do you want a social one? Do you, so it's the wow. mixes of ganja. The Americans are. That's where you're going st- wrong, Tommy. You were getting the wrong stuff ahead. So, so all these dispensaries need to be supplied. So, just outside, about an hour outside Los Angeles, is Desert Hot Springs which is the sister town of Palm Springs, which is across the valley, Coachella, where that big festival is, mm-hmm. it's there. This was a town on its knees six years ago. No Unemployment, nobody living there, everyone moving out. And the Lord Mayor and the town got together and they said, we need to do something. <clears throat> One of the big, the big marijuana growers in 
California said, could we come down here and take that 25,000 foot square house, uh, warehouse and can we grow ganja? And they said yes. And in the last five years, the town has been rejuvenated, reborn uh, with employment and everything. They've got 20 of the biggest farm, uh, factories in the world growing ganja. And I walked into one of them. It is like going into Ikea for ganja. State of the art. Did you get stoned just by being in there? No, but there's a very strong smell. But the way it's done, scientifically done, and then all the ganja grown there is now farmed out to the dispensaries. And the guy who invested in it, this multi-millionaire had, uh, had about 100 casinos on Indian reservations, hedge fund investor, smart dudes. It's worth 10 billion a year. And Time magazine... The small hop, really, from the hedge to the weed. <laughs> and then it's just ganja in America. All the big blue chip pharmaceutical companies are all want to get involved in ganja because ganja is on a revolution and someday soon it will be legalised. So we take the stigma attached to it and get back to the herbal effects of it. And if it grows in the ground, there ain't nothing wrong with it. And in uh, five years' time, Knockmore will be flourishing because we'll probably be the epicentre. We'll start growing it. But like, it'll create great. employment. Knockmore crack out of life. Yeah. But, but, um, but what do we want? What do we want? Do we want young lads going around drinking bottles of excellent. vodka and bottles of whiskey crack at the back, of a, a back of, a, of a shed? Or do you want them going, hey man, I'm just having, after having a spliff and everybody is chilled out. I mean, you go no, on to... Oh, sp- I want a fella 14 years of age with a fucking nagging of whiskey and he's after busting all his teeth and... <laughs> He's, he's fucking after riding a Ford Escort. <laughs> but uh, how many? Did you ever go to Amsterdam? I went to Amsterdam, yeah, and I was the thing that uh, so smoke does nothing for me. I'd be afraid of it. Like it makes me too interior. See, that's um, what I'm saying. You start thinking when you smoke. No, I don't. I do enough for that. I want to stop thinking and start running. I went to a head shop. Do you remember the head shops? Oh, yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. The head shops yeah, head were shops. a fucking disgrace. Why? Because you'd buy. Cocaine with all the crack taken out of it. What was the point of it? Because exactly. An <laughs> excellent fucking question, Arita. <laughs> made Not by a Chinese it. company with fuck madness. Me. I remember being up there one weekend in Donegal. This could have been 15 or 20 years ago and went into this fucking head shop. It was beside a fucking shoe shop and a news agent. And I went in and I bought, I bought a fucking, this fucking Egypt behind the counter. All the lights were blue. I couldn't see shit. And I says, and I felt you, I just, as if I was buying the fucking Irish Times and a packet of hobnobs, I said, give us two grams of cocaine. <laughs> so I bought this fucking herbal shop cocaine. It was disgusting, but I fucking. I, I, and did you have to line it up like little. Oh, like little, like, like little little soldiers. And I fucking hoofed it into me. Three days. I didn't sleep for fucking three days. I'm not joking you. We were staying in a castle out in. But is it's, that what you wanted? No, like? it's not because you want. Why did you buy it then? Because I was an Egypt and it was the only thing that was available. And I thought it'd be great crack. I thought it was some legal loophole into a weekend of fun. So I bought it on a Thursday. We used to gig from Thursday to Sunday. I bought it on the fucking Thursday evening, all right? Sunday morning, I was running around the grounds of this medieval fucking castle, <laughs> lock something or other, Donegal. The tour manager said, the tour manager said he seen me come running out of the fucking woods like a fella that was escaping from prison. And I ran up to the van. I haven't slept yet. <laughs> I went out for a walk. I couldn't sleep. I went out for a walk and it just developed into a fucking run. And there I was, like, fully dressed of a Sunday morning, just fucking running around Donegal. Hideous stuff. But I have to say, love is practical. Isn't it? Like love is the most practical thing in the world. And what? Why 
house? What? Wait, 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 wait till I, I, I know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know where I'm going. So many, many years ago, um, maybe 25, 30 years ago, a friend of my father's was dying. And as they say down in Kerry, he was dying hard. Like it was a, a brutal fucking exit. And um, in pain. Um, himself and my father, himself and my father had been friends since they were 19. And here he was in his late 50s, dying before his time. And it been in excruciating agony. And my father, even though he wouldn't have known how naturally, made it his business to find hash for his friend in Navan and bring it to the hospital to him in Dublin to ease the pain. His dying. Oh. Isn't that, that's what I mean by lo- nice, yeah. love is practical. Love doesn't give a fuck about no. the law. No. <clears throat> love doesn't give a fuck about whether something is morally right or morally wrong. Love is practical and I just thought that was a great thing because my father wouldn't have been comfortable doing that call, yeah. calling up to fucking Scobie Mungie yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't name anybody Tommy yeah I made that name up Scobie Mungie is there a Scobie Mungie no, well no if there is no, there is a Scobie and there is a Mungie but the Scobie Mungie no I don't think so you know but like and I just thought that was a beautiful thing for my father to do for his friend wasn't it, was, it? Yeah. Ah, yeah. but there are many many people in this country using ganja and CBD oil for ailments for their children, for that lady that walked from Cork to Dáil Éireann because oh, yeah. she couldn't get CBD oil because the fits, her child had these um, terrible epileptic fits. And since her child has gone on to CBD regularly, she was raided by the police in the early days. The child is back at school. There are many, many benefits to marijuana and its right use and we need to open our minds to it. But um, the head shops were fucking mad. Disasters. They were opened. They were as fucking you evil. Say, so evil funny. fucking <laughs> washing powder fucking head shops. I, I remember in Navin walking out of the Palace nightclub at two o'clock in the morning. Bananas drunk. And a chipper right in front of me. And the head shop was only opening for fucking business. The queue. And you were in there buying washing powder mixed with fucking strychnine. Give me that fucking seven bags of this, lads. We'll go back to your house tonight. Fucking head shops and they were all over the country yeah. they were in every town in Ireland thanks be to God riddled with fucking strychnine shit close the cunts <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you able to tell us the story about when you went up the Amazon and met the tribe? It's one of my favourite stories. Are you able to tell us that story? I don't know if I can... Why would you not be allowed? Because I've never told it before because I don't want to break the magic. But it's, it was so long ago now. Yeah, I suppose we should. And also that the, the, the story to me is there's the experience of, of seeing the thing, which was one experience. Uh, I'm not sure if many people are getting to see that again. It's kind of, it's in the TV vaults. Mm. So it's, two th- it's, it's, a, it's a good... And I'm not sure if Lorita has, has heard no. the story. Oh, it's one of the best stories ever. I, will, I, will I start it? Yeah, I do. It's fantastic. Right. So, 2002, we were in the Amazon. And we were, I was so excited about flying to South America, spending three months down there. I was about to get married in Rio de Janeiro later, a couple of weeks later. Right. I told nobody. Dipna was the only one that, that knew in our two We had to tell her. I told, I told Dipna. I knew that in three weeks' time, I was getting married in Rio de Janeiro. And... So you were filming for the first three we weeks? We were filming then. for three months in South America. Right. And I found an Irish priest from Shanna Golden, Father John Cribben, who's later passed away. Great man. He came back. He was in Ireland. He baptised the kids. Great man from Limerick. <clears throat> so we, the week, the 10 days before that, we were in the Amazon in, Man- in Manaus, which is in the massive central part of northern Brazil. It is the size of Europe but it's flooded by water. There are so many basins of river. I mean, the, you can see the Amazonian uh, estuary where it hits the, the sea from outer space. This is a huge place of water. We get to a place called Manaus and we're excited to get on our first Amazonian river. And we pack all the bags in and we're going to a really cool place called the Aria Towers Hotel, six hours up the river. Now, is there midges and... Ah, listen, this is tropical. This is 35 degrees heat. This is deep in the in the Brazilian jungle and we're getting on these boats. So are you, so are you covered in sprays? And covered, yeah, mosquito spray, the whole lot. We've, we're all the gear, we're back. We've the yellow fever vaccination. We've just flown in. Um, what kind of a boat was it like? Was a it a long, elongated boat. We had three of them. And we set off with all the gear, heading to this really fancy hotel, by the way, which was called the Aria Towers Hotel, which is a hotel suspended on stilts deep in the Amazonian jungle. It's like real open wow. style, very boutique very cool. And it was six hours by boat to get to it. So you, there's no roads. There's no tarmacadam. Six hours on the river. Six hours up. <sighs> this Fuck is after me. getting to Manaus. So, so we leave this thriving little market town, 35 degrees heat, tropical, midgets, piranha, the whole lot, it's yeah. Brazil, and we're heading north. Then your man says about two hours into the goes, hello, there's a lail. He said, we have to get petrol. And uh, we stopped at a 7-Eleven floating supermarket. I'll never forget it. It was a floating supermarket on the river because the river is like miles wide. It is a, it's a motorway of traffic. This is their M50. So we stopped, we pulled up to the side. Your man takes down the thing and fills in the petrol. I got up on the thing, went into the shop. There was a shop in it. It was, it was like stopping at an apple green on the water. Wow. Isn't that mad? Mate. Yeah. A couple of hours later, we're half falling asleep. You're in the rhythm of the water. It's warm. It's, it's, it's like this. We know Is it, it uncomfortable travelling? Yes, because you know you have... 
it's exciting for the first hour, but then what always happens is me, Roscoe, Roscoe's like going around getting images, Evan's falling asleep because he, and he's parent, he hates the water. I don't mind it. But after a while I get really comfortable. I can just hear the, the Yamaha engines at the back and I'm sort of going like this. We're six hours. When you See, when you, when you told me that story before, I think I get the memory, the cultural memory I have of that is the boys going down the river in fucking apocalypse now. Yeah. And they're yeah, fucking, yeah. they're going down the river and there's the fucking jungle to the left and there's the fucking jungle to the right and there's just a dirty old brown river. Yeah. And you're fucking, I'd be shitting myself. And did you see any no. animals and stuff? Or? Unbelievable. After about, we woke up at one stage, there was a, there was a, a porn a, movie been shot on the bow of the boat. <laughs> What were you going to say? There was a school of porpoises, pink porpoises. Oh, porpoises. <laughs> I would never have thought that. Porpoises. There was a school of pink Amazonian porpoises floating or jumping by us. Wow. Incredible. Which is, which is like a dolphin. It's a porpoise. It's a smaller dolphin, but they're pink. They're Amazonian. Wow. Jumping by the boat. Hours and hours later, this, 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 it's just and then and then after uh, finally, your man goes, and as I go by, there's mud huts and we're going deeper and deeper, and you can see smoke rising in the distance over the mountains and volcanoes. And then we turn off. He takes one of the inlets out of the blue, no signpost, no nothing. After six hours, we just turn to the left, go off the main river, and now we're going deep into the Amazon. I can only explain to you, it's like going through fields. Fields of water, through hedges, ditches, and you're you're manoeuvring, and then you're out onto another stretch of water, and for hours and hours, it, there was brush branches coming down, and is it like being like buried in lettuce? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're getting it. We need that. Yeah, it's buried, buried in, in lettuce. It, right, deeper and deeper. Lettuce. You went into the deepest part of the. And lettuce. was it like kind of foggy and stuff, or small, no, damp, tropical, dank. and 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 and. and it was just Did it, it smell? No Mist. crickets and no, it's just countryside. It's just it's water. And then finally we we can see in the distance the Aria Towers Hotel. This amazing hotel that's built on stilts. And as, and and as we were as we pulled up to climb up this mad ladder to get to the reception area, which is completely open plan with monkeys and lizards everywhere. It was like pure jungle. Working there. This cigar <laughs> this cigar. <laughs> This <laughs> the lizard's on reception. This Sigorsky <laughs> little monkey helps with your bags. Can I take it myself? The little hat in him. <laughs> and, and translate that means the three boys from Ireland are here. <laughs> so go on, go on. I'm, I'm trying to go on. So a Sigorsky <laughs> helicopter was taken off and we noticed it because it was so big and so loud. And as we got there, the guy who was holding our bags up told the driver of our boat who was on the Sigorsky. Bill Gates and the family who were just leaving after spending a week in the hotel. Good God. So is it a... This is a fucking place wow. of complete... But they flew this in. This was so remote. They flew in by Sigorsky. This was so fucking remote. They went in by a Sigorsky, which is probably the world's most reliable helicopter. We'd done six hours on a boat. They probably did an hour to their private jet in Manaus. 
Wow. Right. The Gates family had stayed in the hotel the, minute, the, the week before I arrived. This hotel is 25 rooms on stilts. Your room is on water. The windows are all open. There are animals. There was a, there was a monkey at my window every single morning just looking at me. Having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep in the bed with the doom in between his legs. <laughs> That's a monkey wanking, by the way, buddy. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> That's the sound. Of a... That's the sound of an Amazonian monkey wanking. <laughs> Not to be confused with one. With the big pink arse up in the The little fish on him. I haven't even got oh, I haven't even got to Don't Courage <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Stop it What is this idea <laughs> You hear the noise And then you open your eyes And what Where am I What's that noise um, I'm not even to, I'm, not, I'm not even to the good part Of the story Come on yet. Keep going Keep going Stop So uh. So we're in this amazing place and then we had a day off. So the boy said, what are we going to do? We're going fishing for piranha. <laughs> so we sat off and we just threw meat, little scraps of meat into the water, fished for piranha and had a few beers. The next day was our big filament day where we're going looking at caiman, which is the small crocodile that live in the Amazon. And when you turn them upside down, when you catch them and you start them with like almost like lamping rabbits, when you start them at night time, they'll, they'll, they'll like that and you grab them. But when you bring them into the boat, if you turn them upside down, they'll just lie still. And these are three or four foot long crocodiles. Amazing. And would they bite you if they could like? They would could, they yeah, but they're not, as, they're not as aggressive caiman as a normal crocodile. So mm. this is what we did one night. We went lamping caiman and it was incredible. So you, your torch is going along, you can hear the, the crickets and it's night time and the mosquitoes and that was one of the evenings. The second evening, your man said that he had organised that we were going another hour in to meet a local tribe and that's where I started getting excited because we were so deep in this vast country and we're so deep in this northern part of Brazil which is the size of Europe and we're in it and I'm going to meet a tribe this is 2002 and I was there going this is great and, and Evan had it all planned the guide was a local guide he joined our boat so we set off at about three o'clock one afternoon all the equipment into the boat everything we needed and another two hours deeper into ah. the f- deeper. After about another two hours of going through the water, we finally saw this clearing and a load of huts and a settlement. The smoke was rising about five o'clock in the evening and I could see, I could smell smoke, smell fire and then loads of people started running down towards the jetty. Little children, tribal children, naked, women coming down. It was like something out of the Pocahontas style. They had no clothes. They were topless and just full tribal gear. And they, we got off the boat and I knew they were really intrigued. They kept on coming up, pulling at my hair. They'd never seen red hair before. This was really remote stuff. 
couldn't believe it as they ushered the three of us up to meet the, the tribal chief in this amazing sort of majestic hut where he lived and outside that they had all this sort of thing prepared for us. First thing they did was they sat me down at a table and they put a massive head of crocodile in front of me and they said that they had prepared crocodile for us as an honour and this was the best meat they could have which is right at the back of the crocodile head. They cooked it on the barbecue or mm-hmm. cooked it on the fire and oh, you manned the translator. Did you taste it? Yeah, I ate and it straight away. Lovely. What colour was this? White and really a monkfishy. Really, really nice. Wow. Different. And it was from the back of the crocodile head. The crocodile head was about three foot wide and about four foot long. That's where they had cooked them. It was really tasty. Almost like the gills of a fish or whatever. Next. And was there a good lump in it? Like, yeah, I, he says, yeah. Just and, use your and, hands. And all the boys it? and the chief tried it. And we all tried it. Next minute, they start pouring me their local hooch. Oh, harp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this just juice that I was drinking. It was really, really like a high-powered cider. Very, very sour, and it was a lovely little buzz off it. So then. <laughs> We started singing songs. They sang a song. I sang She the Wamo, we she the Wamo, we to teach them for the fire. She the Wamo, she kailak and narigid. And they were loving it. So next minute, they bring me over to another area, and it's all like, it's all like a white man arrive. And I was like, they prepared all this stuff for me, and I was going, they're so nice. At one stage, at about six o'clock, that's when the mosquitoes start coming in. Uh-oh. And mosquitoes are fucking dangerous in the Amazon. Now, we had all our shots and stuff and we were taking our malaria tablets, but we had extra, extra spray because it was big. Evan kept getting bitten and bitten badly. And but, I, uh, but, but what did the Amazonian lads take? Are they, they just don't. immune to They're it? immune to or it. They? But it was really funny. Roscoe had a camera, with his camera, he had an extra light on. So as he put oh, up his light, them. they were coming to the light. So Roscoe was getting riddled <gasps> with, with, with bites from everything. I mean, there were dragonflies flying in. Mm. There were massive, massive. It wasn't just small little lads. So I took, I, took, I took out the, the spray and I started spraying Roscoe's arms and stuff. And then didn't the women of the tribe come over and grab the spray off me and says, give us a bit in their language <laughs> and I started spraying them so I started spraying their tits and their ass <laughs> and everything they all lined up in a row because they were naked I said I'll spray everywhere on them because they were naked and they'd never seen the spray before but maybe they knew that it worked obviously they'd seen it from other f- so did you think that they were pretty the women yes very very pretty yeah very tribal very Brazilian Amazonian Indian feel to it very majestic in their in their jewellery jet black hair yes long uh, and really ornate skirts uh, with loads of jewellery and, and, and even the and the children were beautiful and the smiles and their white teeth and they were just a lovely it was pure tribal in, in essence and I was spraying them all and they were laughing they were laughing because they knew the mosquitoes were coming down so anyway did all that then the boys took out the blow torches and they were showing me how they used the blowtorch to kill poison monkeys and stuff and I thought blowtorches were something in the movies but they had this area where they, they showed me how, how quick and how, they showed me the poison arrows, stick it in the blowtorch. Stop. 30 metres away. Boom. Like mm. incredible. So they'd use them going through the forest, up into the up into the arms of the forest to go, boom, monkey falls. Boom, boom, killing monkey, killing birds for food. We had the most amazing time with this tribe. Deep. And when I picture where I were, we were, I mean, we were remote. We were really, really remote. It was an incredible five or six hours that I spent with this remote tribe who spoke no English, who I felt this was untouched. This was one of the most amazing things I'd ever done. I kept thinking of the mission music. I kept thinking of those images, Tommy, as you say, when the boat comes around a clearing and mm. you see the mud huts and the, and the smoke rising and I'm going, 
fuck me. Who has been here before? Certainly nobody ever from Navin. Or certainly has any Irish people ever been here? Has any people from Europe been here? And what was your, when you were singing the song, <clears throat> you used to sing Shidu Amoy, was there, did you feel as if they, you were bringing gifts from your culture? Absolutely. Uh, as they gave you gifts Absolutely. from theirs? Absolutely. And they relate to that a hundred times. It's the same in Africa. Once you shake hands and once you share their local food and once you give them something that they can smile at, they'll sing back to you. But isn't and, it as well that you, like, isn't it great that you were able to sing that song? Because if I was there, if you were there, Larissa, we'd be... Like what yeah. song would, would... Well, I would definitely be in trouble. You'd be all right. You'd you know, because we, we'd have to sing songs from the charts, like. Yeah, <laughs> we'd have to sing I'm looking like... at your bum while I'm bumming you. I'm looking <laughs> at your bum while I'm bumming you. You know, probably you'd, like sing, that, you'd so. sing the green and red. Tomato. I would, yeah. For me, when I heard the locals singing and they had their local uh, drums and jimbas and everything, there was a sound to it, there was a rhythm to it. So I gave them a little bit. I turned around to the camera. I've done it in the Sahara Desert with the Bedouin tribes as well, where I try and bring a bit of our culture to their culture. Because at the end of the day, rhythm is rhythm. And for them to hear the Irish language being, yeah. being sung in such a remote place, because that they're speaking their language. And it may never... I, the Irish language may never have been spoken in that yeah, particular of part of the world before. Yes. Or, or ever beautiful. again, yeah. yeah. So two languages, two languages coming together. We had, they were the most amazing, soft, kind people we had met. We had, Roscoe was in his element. Roscoe, and how long did you oh, stay with them for? four or five hours, six hours. Well, you and didn't sleep the night with them, No, then about 10 o'clock we decided to Back head to off. Back to the hotel into the boats and we waving and it was that image of saying goodbye to them as we pulled away from the clearing and I'm leaving them. I'm leaving this. The children were absolutely beautiful. They were so kind, so it was it was one of the most amazing. We were in the boat going, fucking hell boys. Like that's that was fucking unbelievable. What an experience to have. Yeah. So, so far removed in one of the world's most amazing places deep in the Amazonian jungle. And we were buzzing. We got back to the hotel and we had a couple of beers <clears throat> and we finished, finished our filming three days later in the area. And the last day, Evan was checking out, doing the bill at this open air reception. And me and Roscoe were putting the bags in the boat. And I looked over and I saw a lad getting out of a boat and just walking up to this towards us at reception. I said to Roscoe, do you recognise that lad there, no? I said, fuck it, I said, I said, I've seen him before somewhere. What was he wearing? I says, Roscoe, you see your man there in the chinos and the fucking sort of khaki shirt like he's in a safari. Uh, and he stared, that guy with the mobile phone and the fucking, and the keys and the, he's smoking cigarettes. You see him? He looked like MacGyver. He had all the gear, like the khaki gear on him. And Roscoe said, what the fuck? I says, I think that's your man from the fucking tribe. I think that's the chief from the fucking tribe. Huh? I says, for fuck's sake. He's fucking just gone. Well, he been fuck's sake, Roscoe. Evan looked at him. I said, for fuck off. That's not the chief from the fucking tribe, is it? Jesus Christ. So we'd been done. We... It was a stage job. It was a stage job. It's. I mean, it doesn't... Stop it. It was the chief from the tribe who was about to get his next bunch of tourists <gasps> to head out for showtime. Thanks for listening. That's the Tommy and Hector show with Larita Blute. Enjoy New Year's Eve. Enjoy the new year. Let's stay safe. Let's get through this shit together. Thank you all for telling everybody about the podcast wherever you are. Spread the word. Click and subscribe. And keep her lit. Slán. This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.